0: Welcome to the Health in Motion podcast. I am your host, Evie Takis. I am a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner who loves to help people achieve their wellness goals they once thought were impossible to reach. I am the owner of Holistically Restored, and through my coaching practice, I have been able to guide my clients through their own health journeys and teach them to truly understand their body. With a focus on hormone, thyroid, and weight management, I strive to instill the knowledge, confidence, and encouragement everyone deserves. If you enjoy this content, I'd love for you to subscribe and also leave a review on Apple Podcast. Please tell your friends, family, or anyone who is curious about bettering themselves in a holistic way. The more, the merrier. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and is not to be taken as medical advice. I am so happy you're here and ready to learn. Let's do it. Welcome back to Health in Motion. I am so excited that you're here. I'm looking forward to this episode as I've been thinking about it for a while and just wanted to share, you know, some quick tips to optimize your health in the summer. Um, I'm recording this in the beginning of July. And so this is definitely fresh on my mind. And I've been having conversations with clients about it. So I figured this was a good time to release this episode as well. So let's get to it. My five tips to optimize health in the summer, which I'm, I had to create five, right? Like there's more, but I had to narrow it down to the five. Um, The first one is going to be to hydrate properly. Now I know this sounds like Well, duh, like we all know this, but I want to get into like, what does that actually mean? So to hydrate properly and what I'm referring to is adding minerals to your water um, because that helps your cells absorb the water more efficiently compared to drinking plain old filtered water. So you can either add real sea salt, like Celtic sea salt or Redmond's real salt or pink Himalayan salt. I'm not referring to like the Morton's table salt like that, doesn't have as many minerals in there. Um, they've been removed through the uh, processing. So I'm talking about the ones that I said before, like Celtic Sea Salt, Redmond's Real Salt, Pink Himalayan. Or you can just buy electrolytes. You can buy trace minerals. You've probably seen those in the store. It's a blue bottle, um, and it literally says trace minerals on it. Um, but my favorite sort of electrolyte to add into water to. Charge water, which I'm going to talk about what that means, is Element. And I've used them for about a year. I like the flavors. I like their ingredients. They're sweetened with stevia versus using cane sugar like other ones. So, um, you know, just to call out Liquid IV, they use cane sugar and there's additional ingredients that I don't think are necessary. So I don't usually gravitate towards those. And I always tell clients like, look, if you have that, like finish it off, but I wouldn't necessarily use that one. I would switch to something like an element. Um, I know noon is also decent. Um, I don't know much about Ultima, but I know that's another big one that's in stores. Element is online. So that's the thing that's kind of difficult is unless you're local to me, which I sell element in my office. Um, it, you know, you do have to buy it online versus the other ones that I understand are convenient because you can get them in stores, but I love Element because I actually really notice that it works. So it's pretty cool to feel the difference. So I might be tired or feeling dehydrated and dried up, or I might feel like I'm having a lot of sugar cravings. And then after I drink the Element, I really do feel the difference. And a lot of people who have tried them really like them too. So they're super important, especially now in the warmer months because of their hydration benefits. So let's get into what that actually means. So when we sweat, When we urinate or when we have a bowel movement, we lose electrolytes. So we can replenish ourselves as well. Essentially, what we're doing is adding charge back to our water when we're adding trace minerals and electrolytes to our water. So, what I mean by that is when we filter our water, we're filtering out contaminants, which is super important, yes, but we're also filtering out trace minerals that are naturally found in water. So that's why when you buy, like if you buy spring water and there's like particular ones, it'll say spring water and like it'll have trace minerals in there. And uh, that's naturally in there. So when we're filtering these things out, yes, we're filtering out contaminants, but we're also filtering out the minerals. So this leaves our water what I would call, quote unquote, flat. There's no charge to them. So when we add minerals back in, in the form of real salt, like I mentioned before, or these electrolytes, then we're adding charge to the water. And this charging helps open up our cells to actually absorb the water we consume. And this is why some people drink a ton of water. like They're like, oh, I drink a gallon of water a day, but they still feel thirsty or they're peeing all the time because they're not actually absorbing the water and they're actually dehydrating. So that's the thing is like, I I used to be one of these people of like, oh, I would drink a gallon of water and I would feel so proud of myself and I would but like I was peeing like almost every like 40 minutes and I now I know I'm like I was just peeing out all the things that I was drinking because I wasn't actually absorbing it. So the water needs to be charged in order to be absorbed properly. And electrolytes help that because they help your nerves transmit messages throughout the body. They help regulate fluid balance and they assist in energy production. Bonus is that your adrenals love salt. So a lot of times when I'm seeing like some sort of cortisol dysregulation on these um, hormone tests that we're doing with clients, I'm seeing like, oh, maybe we should be adding in some element or adding in some salt or minerals uh, because your adrenals love that. And that helps them um, produce proper amounts of energy in the form of cortisol. So yeah, electrolytes are super important and especially during the warmer months since you're most likely sweating more and you're more active. um, I'm going to provide the link to Element in the show notes if you haven't tried them and you want to order them and or if you do love them and you just now you're like, oh, I really need to order another box. The link is going to be in the show notes. Number two is going to be to let your skin see the sun. I've talked about this before, but hiding from the sun has its side effects. And I know that skin cancer is very real and can be dangerous and something that we also need to consider. But vitamin D deficiency is also very real and happening a lot more frequently than you realize. I see it all the time with clients where they will come in and they're feeling really uh, fatigued. They're feeling um, like mental health stuff is not going as well. Um, And then they get vitamin D levels checked and they're deficient. So with lower levels of vitamin D, you are more susceptible to illness, developing disease, poor mental health, fatigue, and more. So there is a threshold of the proper amount of sun exposure. And one way I like to track that is through the free app called D-Minder. When you download the app, you complete a survey about your skin type, where you live geographically, how easily you burn or tan, and things like that. And you can use that app to track how much D you are getting based on your outdoor time, which I think is really, really cool because it's a way to kind of know in real time how much vitamin D did I actually produce in this sun session. So for those who don't know, we make vitamin D from the sun based on the UVB rays, so, the sun's ultraviolet B rays hit cholesterol in the skin cells, and that provides energy for vitamin D synthesis to occur. So, the way that I use this app is for example, if I'm sitting outside, I can create a timer on the app that will keep running for the duration of me being outside. I have to stop the timer, but it is really cool because it just records as you're sitting outside. You can also manually go in and enter the times that you were outside if you don't want to use the time feature. And that's what I actually do. So I'll just make a note of when I started to sit outside and then when I'm done sitting outside, and then I'll go in and I'll record that as a sun session. You can also input previous vitamin D supplements. So like if you do take a vitamin D supplement, you can put that in as well. And that'll take that into account of how much total vitamin D you've gotten for the day. So based on your geographic location, however much skin was exposed, which you do enter that as a percentage. So it'll be like, was it 50%? And 50% might be you were wearing long sleeve pants or long sleeve shirt and shorts or something like that. And you'll enter the duration and then it'll tell you how many I use of vitamin D that you got in that session. I've been using that a lot to help monitor my vitamin D synthesis this summer and use that information to help dose my oral vitamin D supplement. Because I typically cut back on the amount of oral vitamin D I take in the summer if I'm outside a lot, which I typically am. Um, another thing that I like about it is that it'll tell you when the most uh, when the most probability of developing or synthesizing vitamin D is during the day. So it'll tell you when solar noon is. It'll tell you like how much vitamin D you can actually produce because this is actually something too I, I don't think is widely known or maybe it is. And I just, I don't know. Um, we actually don't get vitamin D or we can't make vitamin D from the sun in the winter, at least here in the um, Midwest. So it really depends. Like it's nice because it'll start to tell you, like there was a countdown um, at the end of the winter, beginning of spring, where it was like 39 days until vitamin D can be made. And so that was kind of fun to count down. So this is a really cool app. Like I said, it's free. Um, I'll link that in the show notes so that you can check it out. Um, So I know with like sun exposure. We need to talk about sunscreen. And there are a lot of great non-toxic options out there. And in episode four of this podcast, we go into information as to why it's important to look at ingredients of your products and how to know which ones are considered non-toxic. I did also record a podcast on the Wildly Optimized Wellness podcast regarding sunscreens. And in that episode, Terea and I share our favorite ones but I will also link those in the show notes as well. Uh, There's two that I really like. And so those will be linked if you want to check those out for non-toxic and good for the environment options. The third thing I want to talk about is using the longer days to support your circadian rhythm. In episode 42 of this podcast, I talk about supporting your circadian rhythm. I talk about the importance of exposing your naked eye to natural light first thing in the morning. And how that's easier to do that in the summer months than the winter, at least here in the Midwest, because we have longer amounts of daylight now, and we have better chances of supporting the circadian rhythm because we can be outside for longer periods of time. So the sun comes up by like, I don't know, 630 now. And some people even say that they're getting up earlier in the summer, which I'm one of those people I've noticed that I'm just waking a lot earlier naturally. And I'll, you know, look outside and I'm like, oh, the sun is up, like the day is here. And I, this is, this time is really hard for me to wake up in the winter because it's still dark out. And so that's just because we're diurnal beings, right? We're awake during the day, we're sleep at night, and we live in the rhythm and the sync of the sun cycle. So this just makes sense if you think about it in that way. If you think about, you know, before electricity, that's what people were doing. They were getting up with the sun. They were going to bed when the sun would go down or shortly after that because, They were living in sync with that sunrise, sunset cycle. So, I really recommend trying to get a sunrise walk a few times a week at least, um, or a sunset walk, which is going to be similar benefits, right? You're getting the cues from the sun that the spectrum of light is changing so that your body knows to release more cortisol, which would be in the morning, or to slow down cortisol response, which would be in the evening. And this just helps your body adjust to wake times and sleep times faster. Plus, it's just really nice to have that free medicine available to us. The fourth tip that I want to go into is regarding swimming pools and chlorine and all of that. So if you're hanging out in chlorine pools more frequently in the summertime, like I am, then I wanted to provide this tip to avoid absorbing too much chlorine. So one thing you can do is to coat your body in coconut oil prior to getting in the pool. And I know that that sounds weird, to people because when i first heard about it i was like that is so weird but but what you're doing is you're creating a barrier between the chlorine and your skin which your skin is going to absorb whatever comes onto it so then you'd be absorbing more chlorine so higher levels of chlorine can impact your thyroid which was most interesting for me given that i have hashimoto's which you know leads to hypothyroidism so um that's why I'm most interested in it, I have that personal reason, but again, everybody, at least most everybody has a thyroid unless it's been removed or something. But um you want to protect that because the chlorine the overexposure of chlorine can start to impact your thyroid hormone production. Um other implications of having high chlorine levels could be related to other skin issues, right? Like irritation on the skin, the eye issues, asthma, just a couple respiratory things that could be going on. So if you um, are going to be in the pool, I do recommend using coconut oil. And one thing to um, remember is that if you are using the coconut oil first to work as that barrier, I would put that on first before you put on your sunscreen. Um, I did receive a question about that on social media when I posted about that, uh, which is a good question. But yeah, I do the coconut oil first, and then I'd put the sunscreen on over top of that. So The fifth and final tip I want to share, which again, there's so many other things, but I just had to narrow it down to what makes the most sense given, you know, if I had to pick the five, then this is what I would do. Um, Eating seasonally as much as possible. And in the summertime, I personally think this is the easiest. And I don't know if it's just because of where I live, but here in the Midwest, it seems like almost everyone has a garden, which is amazing. And I love seeing everyone post their gardens on social media. They're so cute. Uh, I have a little garden in my backyard. I've been gardening for, I don't know, close to I think eight years now. Um, So I, and what I do is every month on my social media, I share the benefits of eating locally with a picture of the foods that are local for that month. And this is different depending on the region that you live in. And I do try to cover most of the regions as much as possible. I mean, it's kind of hard when you live in a big country like the United States, but Um, I just want to share why I do that. And I like to share the benefits of eating seasonal produce, which is going to be it's cost effective. Um, Produce that is in season is not going to be as expensive or pricier compared to food that is not in season. So I like that benefit of it. It's going to be better for the environment um, because you're eating food that is natural for it to be grown at that time. So it's probably I mean, I'm not a farmer, but it's it sounds like it would be easier for it to grow when it's in the perfect conditions and perfect region, Um, it's going to have richer flavor, which this is so true. I mean, if you've ever had, if you've ever tried to have like, I don't know, some sort of like, if you tried to have, let's say blueberries, when they're not in season, they're not going to taste as good. And it's just, it makes sense because that's, it's unnatural for them to be growing at that time. And, or maybe you're getting it from a place that it's not in season either. And they're just growing it you know, and it's, it's not going to taste the same. Um, you're also going to have higher nutritional content due to when the food is picked. So when food is picked at the right time, the nutrients are going to be higher versus like if it was picked too early or too late. Um, so I like that benefit of it as well. And then this might be my favorite benefit, but you get to partner with local farmers, which is really important for the environment and the economy. So I love hitting up the farmer's markets in the spring and summer because it forces me to eat locally and also seasonally. Um, the food is a lot fresher and it's really amazing, actually, if you think about some of the produce that you see at the farmer's market compared to the produce that you see at the grocery store, even like a Whole Foods. And it just looks so much better and it tastes better. But it just the appearance of it is so interesting to me that it just looks more real or it looks fresher or crispier. And so I always am like, I've been recently, what I've been doing is not really buying as much produce at the grocery store. And I save that to buy at the farmer's market, which honestly comes out to be cheaper anyways. I feel like I get so much more produce for the same, if not less amount of money that I would spend at like Whole Foods um, so that's been really cool. And also getting stuff at farmers' markets, it forces me to be creative in the kitchen because I might get things that I maybe I wouldn't buy at the grocery store, but because it's there and because I know the farmer, I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll give this a try. So that's been fun for me, too. And if you want to hear more about eating locally, partnering partnering with a local farmer, I recorded an episode with my farmer, farmer Andy, and that's episode thirty eight. So check that out. He is, gosh, he's so good to talk to about that. He knows so much. He started a farm in his urban backyard. Um, it's really interesting to see, actually, I've been there, and it's like he lives in this urban area and his yard is just a complete farm. And so it's really cool. Um, so I recommend checking that out and listening to Farmer Andy if you want to know more about that. So those are the five ways that I was able to narrow down of ways to optimize your health during the summer. And again, there's other things we could do. And I'm sure I missed other important ones, but I just wanted to narrow it down. So these are at the top of my mind. And I figured it could be helpful as we are in the midst of summer and you know, swimming in pools and hanging out outside and putting sunscreen on and all of that. So hopefully this was helpful. I'd love if you could share this episode with others. And as always, reach out with any questions or feedback. I hope that you have a wonderful week and you get some good sun. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I so appreciate your interest in holistic health and hope you learned something you can apply to your own life. References from this episode are linked in the show notes, as well as links to find me, Evie, on social media platforms. If you'd like to learn more about services from Holistically Restored, click on the link in the show notes. I'd love to hear from you. If you enjoyed this content, I encourage you to subscribe and also leave a review on Apple Podcast. Until next time, be well, my friends.